Lord Jesus, we just want to pray this afternoon that you'll be with us, um, that you'll bless us. This is a sobering subject. It's one that's impacting our world, impacting our own lives. Sometimes we don't realise how much. We just want to pray that you'll be here, that you open our minds and convict us with the truth as it's being presented from your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The title for this afternoon's uh, program is Bewitched, The Rise and Rise, and if I can get you guys to put it on the first slide, The Rise and Rise, the second slide, The Rise and Rise of the Occult in Western Civilization. You may not realise how witchcraft and, and the occult is impacting us, but this afternoon for a few minutes as we open the word and we have a look at uh, what's prepared, I'm praying that you'll get a, a sense of what is going on in 21st century Western civilization. Now, I thought I'd give you a definition of what occult means, and this is a definition that did not come out necessarily of the dictionary. But it's what I'm talking about this afternoon. A cult, a definition, number one, is communication at any level with forces of darkness. Number one, communication at any level with forces of darkness. And number two, participation in activities that lead one into contact with the forces of darkness. Now, if you don't know exactly what I'm talking about this afternoon, I thought I may even unpack that a little more for you. Occultist practices include, number one, witchcraft, wizardry. And what do I mean by that? The casting of spells, the, the bringing up of the dead from the grave to speak to us, uh, and all manner of, of different things. Number two, it includes, oops, sorry, seances, talking to the dead, astrology, which is looking to the stars for guidance into the future. It includes palm and card reading. You've all been into shopping centres and seen how you can go into a little booth and and a lady who's usually uh, painted up fairly brightly will sit down and she will read your cards for you and tell you what your future is. Or she'll look at the palm of your hand and she'll trace it with her finger and she'll tell you what you can expect in the near and and the far future. It includes paganism. I was reading the Sydney Morning Herald just the other day. Did you know that paganism, which is a registered religion, paganism is worship of Satan, worship of the devil, worship of the evil one. Paganism is the fastest growing religion in Australia. And people who are pagans come from all walks of society, from bricklayers and carpenters, from plumbers through to professionals, businessmen, through to to doctors and, and surgeons and even politicians can be found here in Australia in the ranks of the pagan church. It includes New Age, and you've probably heard that word before, New Age channelers, these channelers who are people who are able to channel you through to the other side. And spirit guides where where people will go to a program and they'll do a course, a seminar, and they'll be given a spirit guide. And the spirit guide is real. And the spirit guide will come and visit you, will come and visit you in your bedroom, your lounge room, will come and talk to you. And the spirit guide is from another world, is not a human being, is a being that can disappear and appear at will. It's a being who can speak many languages, often claiming to have lived for hundreds and thousands of years. I read a book so no, not so long ago about a young man who got caught up with this new age movement and he, he became a channeler 
and, and he came in contact with his spirit God and his spirit God was supposedly Alexander the Great. And he, he says in the book, he's a man who later became a Christian, he says in the book how thrilled he was to have personally as his spirit God coming to him from the spirit world, Alexander the Great, the great general, perhaps arguably the greatest general the world has ever seen, had chosen him to be his, his, his protege, to lead and guide him through life. And this is real. It's happening and it is a part of the occult. I'm not making it up. It's reality. People in contact with the other world. In fact, let me tell you today, I think inside every human being is a desire to be in contact with the other side, with the supernatural. And through New Age channelers, thousands and perhaps around the world, millions of people are being put in contact with these spirit guides, as we'll see today, are nothing more than demons. Occultist practices include, number seven, demon possession. I was home up late Thursday evening, just this last Thursday gone. I had the television on wanting to watch the cricket. It rained out, which is probably fortunate for Australia at the moment. And I switched over to another channel and came across a program called Stargate. Some of you will know it. For a few moments, I watched that as a girl lay on an altar and it sent chills up and down my spine to the point that I was compelled to change the station where this girl, acting I guess, was possessed by a wraith, whatever that is. And you could see her eyes change and her voice change. And this is happening all the time. I come into contact with it as a pastor where people are actually possessed. And it's a frightening thing to see a person possessed by an evil spirit. And yet in our culture, in our society, in this advanced technological 21st century city that we live in, it's happening to people all the time. It's a part of this growing occult movement that we're seeing swamp the world. And of course there's games and I put Ouija boards and Dungeons and Dragons and I don't want to go too much into them. The 21st century civilization that we live in is seeing an explosion. It is, it is an explosion of the occult. It is an explosion of witchcraft. And you may not think that's a bad thing. You may not think that's a dangerous thing. I just want to invite you and challenge you to listen to what the Word has to say about this subject this afternoon and pray that you may go out of this church with a different point of view. I want to give you a little bit of the history of the occult. It starts back way, way back, almost to the beginning of the world. There was a, and some of the first evidences I've seen of it was a hunter called Nimrod. Bible says he turned his back on God. Nimrod was the first one on this earth to build walls around city cities. He, he was a mighty warrior. And it was Nimrod, well the evidence indicates that Nimrod was one of the first to start to dabble in the occult with this mystic world of angels and demons. Nimrod, of course, and I don't know whether you realise this or not, was one of the first to worship the sun. Nimrod was the founder of that great and ancient city, Babylon. A Babylon that later became famous with Nebuchadnezzar. 
one of the great kings of history and their hanging gardens. Babylon, a city which was immersed, had its foundations deep into the occult, into witchcraft, into experiences with the paranormal, with, 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 with the occultic, spiritual, demonically possessed world. In Babylon, they used to worship at least two very sinister gods, Dagon, the Babylonian and Philistine fish god, and Belmarduk, the Babylonian sun god, who came down to Babylon through the line of Nimrod. Both of these heathen gods exacted a terrible toll from their worshippers. Both of these heathen gods were bloodthirsty, and their worship was centred on human sacrifice. This is the occult at its extreme. But I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, my friends, this is where the occult always leads, down into this dark behaviour, these dark, dark experiences, because the occult has driving it Satan himself. So Babylon had Dagon, the Babylonian and the Philistinian fish god, and Ben-Marduk, the Babylonian sun god. But they weren't the only ancient nation that was into the occult. There was ancient Egypt. And I want to tell you, they practiced the occult too. They were in contact with these supernatural, demonic beings that we talked about last week who fell with Satan from heaven. It's interesting to study the Egyptian gods. You have Ra, the Egyptian sun god. Isis, the Egyptian love goddess. And Anubis, the Egyptian god of death. These gods all had behind them dark, demonic, evil, angelic presences. And these gods were in contact with their worshippers. <coughs> Excuse me. Often we think that they worship dead gods, that they bowed down to stone images and, and wooden, wooden gods that never spoke back to them. It's not true. These gods that these ancient cultures worshipped were real. They communicated with their worshippers. Why do you think the worship was so popular? Why do you think the worship went on and on for hundreds and centuries and and into millennia? Because the gods they're worshipping are real. They are not dead. In fact, the Egyptians worshipped a god called Apis. He was the Egyptian bull god. And in Exodus chapter 32, Moses has an altercation with this golden bull. And you'll remember, those of you who know the story, how Moses was on top of Mount Sinai, a mountain that I'm going to go to next year, by the way, and climb. And I think it's going to be an awesome experience to be on top of Mount Sinai where God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. And he was away for a long time. And the people of Israel who, were, who had just escaped from, from the Egyptians and were, were going through the desert, they'd been with the Egyptians for hundreds of years, being, being influenced by the Egyptians toward these heathen gods. They said to Aaron, who was Moses' brother, Aaron, all three million of them, they cried out to Aaron, Aaron, Moses has left us. He's not coming back. The God you tell us about, he is dead. Build us a golden calf. Aaron built them a golden calf and that golden calf was Apis, the Egyptian god bull. And they danced around that golden calf, all right. 
And Moses came. God said, get down, Moses, from the mountain. I hear the noise of revelry. And Moses said, no, it's war. And God said, no, it's not. They are worshipping a foreign god. And Moses came down and when he saw what was happening, he lifted up the Ten Commandments and he smashed them on the ground and he thundered into that camp and he smote that God to the ground. He made them grind the gold into dust and he put it in the water and he made the people drink it. 3,000 people were executed that day because they would not forsake their worship of these heathen demonic gods. Of course, before that that story, we, we see a confrontation in the Bible where of between Moses and his God, the true God, and these heathen gods of Pharaoh. And we pick it up in Exodus 7, 8 to 13. Moses, it's a good story. Moses has been sent by, by, by God to, to free the Israelites. They had been slaves for 400 years. And God sends Moses, his champion, to the court of the Egyptian Pharaoh. This is historical fact. Moses walks into that court with the presence of the high God. He walked into the court of a Pharaoh who served demonic gods. And you have here in the Bible a confrontation between the God of heaven and these occultic demonic gods that the Egyptians worshipped. And it's interesting because the Lord God of heaven, my God, who still lives, wanted to show Pharaoh that he was the only true God. And so he arranged a series of tests between him and these occultic demonic gods. And he says in Exodus 7, verse 8 to 13, if you don't know this story, go home and read it. If you haven't got a Bible, get it on your way out. He says, the Lord said, Moses, when the king asked you and Aaron to perform a miracle, you command Aaron to throw his walking stick down in front of the king and it'll turn into a snake. Well, Moses was pretty confident. Look what happens, verse 10. Moses and Aaron went into the king and his officials and did exactly as the Lord had commanded. Aaron threw the stick down, it turned into a snake. Would have been an amazing thing. Then the king called in the wise men and the magicians who use their secret powers to do the same thing. Now look what they do. These aren't servants of the high God. These are servants of demons and dark angels. Verse 11, they threw down their sticks and they too turned into what? Snakes. So you've got God snakes on the floor. You've You've got God snake on the floor and you've got these demonic Snakes on the floor. What happens? God's making a point here. They threw down sticks and turned into snakes, but Aaron's snake, God's snake, swallowed theirs. Those demonic priests lost good walking sticks. Their walking sticks turned into snakes, but God's snake ate their snakes. What's God saying? He's saying, I'm more powerful than these demonic gods of Pharaoh. Pharaoh, you listen to me. You can go right through the Bible and you're going to see this confrontation between demonic powers and God. And every single time you see a confrontation in the Bible between God and these demonic powers, God wins. But you see some of God's men and women turning to these demonic powers and they paid an awful price. I think of King Saul, who was the first king of Israel. Things were going bad for his nation. The Philistines had invaded. He faced annihilation. Instead of going to God, he went to a witch. This is the same Saul who had sent out a command some years before that every witch in Israel, because they worship demonic gods, 
was to be put to death. Instead of going to God, he goes to a witch because he's after the prophet Samuel who had died shortly before. (coughs) And it's a sobering story and it still happens today. As Saul walked into that witch's home and he commanded her to bring Samuel up from the dead. Up comes Samuel as an apparition. Now, if you were here last week, you'll know that the Bible says when you die, the dead know what? So Samuel is asleep in his grave. I want to tell you that the apparition that Saul saw in this story was not Samuel. It was a demon. And that demon comes up. must have been a frightening thing. And he looks Saul in the eyes and he says, Saul, tomorrow you will die in battle. And just as surely as that demon gave Saul that pronouncement the next day, he very well did go out and he ended up committing suicide, lost his life and his kingdom. In fact, the Bible says, look at this, Saul died because he was unfaithful and disobeyed the Lord. The Bible says he even asked advice from a woman who talked to spirits of the dead, a witch, Instead of asking the Lord, so the Lord had Saul killed and gave his kingdom to David, son of Jesse. You've got to understand that God, and he lives, he is real. He is deeply, deeply offended. It causes him pain and dare I say anger when he sees human beings going to the devil, going to darkness, going to demons to get advice. And the problem our culture faces is here we are in the 21st century and we're being told by the media, we're being told by by just about every avenue there is that there is nothing wrong in, in watching witches on TV. There's nothing wrong. It's a bit of fun to go and get your palm read. Man, open the magazines, read the star song. It means nothing. And yet it means something to God. I want to tell you this this afternoon is a very dangerous thing. One more very quick story. You have Elijah, great prophet of God, Mount Carmel. He calls, you see, the people of Israel at the time of Elijah were into worshipping Baal, who was another demon god of the pagans. And God's calling Israel back to the worship of the true God. I don't know how Israel could go from worshipping God to worshipping demons. But they did it. And Elijah calls them all together onto Mount Carmel, including the king. And he sets up two altars and, and hundreds of prophets of Baal come. And he says, we'll have a test here. He says, I'll put a sacrifice on my altar and you put a sacrifice on your altar. And the God who sends fire, he's a true God. Well, I want to tell you that those those, those priests of Baal, that demon god, they fully expected Baal to send fire to their altar. They had seen it before. And they danced around that altar. They cut themselves. They cried out all day. In fact, Elijah stirred him up a bit. He said, well, look, your god must be off on holidays. Perhaps he's having a meal. Where is he? Where's your fire? And finally comes Elijah's turn. And tell you, when the true God of heaven goes up against these demon gods, there's only one result. Moses had the altar doused in water until water had flowed over it into the trench. And he knelt down and as he's praying, fire came down from heaven. It came in such power that it destroyed the sacrifice. It destroyed the altar 
the stone altar, in fact, it burned up the ground and licked up the water. And the people of Israel fell on the ground and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And the point I'm trying to make is that these heathen gods, hear this, of ancient biblical times were real demon deities who interacted and communicated with the people who worshipped them. Now, very quickly, there are a number of things associated with witchcraft in the Bible, in Bible times, that deeply offend God. I want to show you a couple of them. Here's one. Manasseh was a bad king in Israel. The Bible says, Manasseh caused his sons to pass through the fire in the valley of the son of Hinnom. You can see the valley there. He practiced soothsaying, used witchcraft and sorcery and consulted mediums and spiritists. And look at this. He did much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke God to anger. Let me tell you, when it comes to witchcraft, God is deeply offended and angered over human sacrifice. It's happening today in Australia. It's happening in the United States of America. My father's cousin is a policeman in Los Angeles. A few years ago, my father went out with him on patrol one night. Those of you who have lived in America know that on their milk cartons, they had pictures of missing children. The police officer told my father, he said, most of those children who are missing are children who have been stolen. This is in Los Angeles, the United States of America, have been stolen and are being used for human sacrifice. I want to tell you that God sees it and he takes note. He said we try to infiltrate these groups. He said we feel like we're almost in and bang, then they're gone. He said it's like there's some force from outside of us that's telling them and guiding them and letting, letting, let, let, letting them know what we're up to. God is deeply offended and angered over human sacrifice. That is the extreme of the occult. But the Bible says he is also offended at soothsaying, sorcery, mediums, wizards and spells. What else offends God about the occult? Going back to the story of the children of Israel dancing around the golden calf, the Bible says, Now Moses saw that the people were unrestrained, for Aaron had not restrained them to their shame among their enemies. The people were involved in nudity, sexual immorality and perversity, and this was all to do with worship to this Egyptian god, Arpas. I want to tell you something, that one of the things that people find appealing with the occult and with witchcraft is the sexual immorality that always goes along with it. They go together hand in hand. That sort of behaviour destroys families and it destroys lives, but it does go hand in hand with the practice of witchcraft and the occult. And it offends God. And it offends God because he sees how it hurts us. Another thing that bothers God the story of Elijah and the two altars and the fire from heaven. So they, the priests, so they cried out aloud and cut themselves as their custom until the blood gushed out of them. Occultist worship often degenerates into self-abuse. 
where people will cut themselves and lose control of themselves and cause themselves all sorts of damage. Of course that offends God. God loves people. He sent Jesus to save them, paid an awful price so human beings can live forever. And he sees this sort of behaviour and it offends him. And he takes exception to it because of the hurt and the pain it's causing. And you can get yourself into the occult. You can have the thrill of being in contact with other supernatural beings. In the end, it will do nothing but hurt you and eventually it will destroy you. That's where it always goes. Very few people who are into the occult die natural deaths. They always come to an unsavoury end early. We want to have a look for a few moments at the occult in modern times in our time. The occult in modern times, well, we could go back to 1692 and the Salem witch trials in America where young women were taken, dragged out of their homes, taken into a court and hung from the neck until they were dead because they were accused of being witches. And there's real question as you study that story on whether they ever were witches. Things were out of control in Salem. And it seems to me that perhaps... Many innocent young women died at that time. You can go on a little bit further to 1848. Have you ever heard of these two girls, Margareta and Kate Fox? They both died, youngish women, probably of alcohol poison. They were alcoholics, but they had a home and they heard some rapping on the wall and they started to communicate with this Rapping, And they started to get some answers and they devised the means in which they could communicate. And they'd ask questions and they found out, it didn't take them long to find out, that the rapping was supposedly from the spirit of a man who was murdered in the very house that they lived in. And they were told through this primitive means of communication, this rapping, to go downstairs and dig into the foundations of their home and they'd find his bones. And so they went downstairs and they dug into the foundations of the home and more or less, and, and, and what they did find there were the bones of a man who had been murdered. And this is the beginning of, of, of modern day spiritualism. When this happened in 1848 in the United States of America and Alabama, it caused a sensation. The whole world watched, the whole world was fascinated. And we have the beginnings of the occult. And I want to tell you that since those early days, the occult and witchcraft have been on the rise and rise. Consider the following. The occult in witchcraft and movies. You know, I, I just want to make a comment for a moment. I've been working with youth until I came to this church all my life, literally. I don't think there's a much bigger influence in our world today than the movies that are put out by Hollywood and other places. And it seems to me that just about every movie that comes out these days has undertones of the occult of witchcraft. Of course, there's the obvious Harry Potter. Now, I know that Harry Potter is a rollicking good story. I know J.K. Rowling knows how to write I have never read any of her books cover to cover. I have had a look a few times in the newsagent of what she's writing and what has been putting on. And I have, I have downloaded some trailers at home to have a look at what's being put on in the movie theatre. I want to tell you, and, and I really don't mind 
whether you agree or disagree, whether you're offended at this or not, but J.K. Rowling knows what she's talking about. Here's a woman. If I had money, I'd bet my bottom dollar on the fact that she is into the occult. She is into witchcraft. And she has been chosen specifically by Satan to advance his cause to an unsuspecting world. Harry Potter is dark, dark stuff. Demons and wizards and murders. And we've got our news reports and we've got our media telling us we should be giving this to our children. I'm telling, we are telling you we are looking at a world gone mad. I was listening to the radio, I was telling my church the other day, and one brave woman, and she was, rang up the radio announcer and she spoke to the radio announcer about the dangers of Harry Potter and the occult with our children. I want to tell you that for the next three hours, that poor woman was castigated, she was mocked, she was made fun of, she was abused by hundreds and hundreds of radio talk back callers. What's wrong with this woman? Harry Potter's just a bit of good fun. It's not good fun. I'm a pastor. I deal with this stuff day by day in my own work. It is dangerous. And it will come back and it will hit us very... very hard. It, it worries me that we have an entire generation of children now being swamped and immersed in the occult. And I know some of you may not want to hear this, but you need to open your eyes and see what these movies are promoting and telling our kids, these books. Until the day I die, while I've got control of my girls, they will never touch this dangerous stuff. You can go to to Lord of the Rings, wizards and goblins and demons and all sorts of dark, demonic stuff being advanced on the big screen. Millions of people flocking into the movies, letting this stuff with no barriers whatsoever sink into their minds, accepting the paranormal occult as normal. That's what Satan's about, trying to get you to accept it as normal. We could go to even what we would ha- see as the harmless Star Wars, talking, a, talking about uh, um, the force. May the force be with you. What is the force? What is the force that gives these Jedi all these magical powers, this great strength and coordination? It's demonic, occultic, new age concepts and ideas being shared in a great fun adventure rollicking story and it's taking the whole world with it the cult and witchcraft in our music and I know this is old fashioned but you know when I gave my heart to Jesus I gave this music up a long time ago and I'm probably prepared to admit I'm not exactly sure where the most recent music is but I know the music of my day Eagles Hotel California talking about getting into the occult and not being able to get out. Or, or you could go, I guess this guy's more modern, Marilyn Manson. This guy's a demonically possessed servant of Satan. And it is, it, it is, 
he's taken upon himself to share this darkness of his life, these demons that are plaguing him with the world. And you look, I, didn't, I, I could have brought you the lyrics of his songs, we're not going to do it. Except to say this stuff is what our children and our young people are being influenced by. And what future our world has, I don't know. We, we could go further on to a band I used to listen to before I met Jesus, ACDC. These guys, these are older than me, these old boys. It's a wonder they're still alive. In fact, one of them isn't. Died in his own vomit one night after a, a drug, alcohol fueled party. These guys, again, ACDC, are straight, they're servants of the devil. They're men, but they have lost all sense of right and wrong, and their music is saturated with worship to the dark one. And it's open, you can read it for yourself. And yet they're accepted as mainstream, good fun band. <clears throat> then, of course, you've got Michael Jackson with his thriller, that's a, that's a direct picture from the, from, the, from the music clip. I remember when this came out at college, wasn't following Jesus at the time. But even in my unsensitive state, I could see the danger of what this young man at the time was advancing in thriller as, as you got zombies rising up from the grave, walking through and terrorising a community. Then we see the... And, of course, we could, we could go on and on. Uh, we, we, we see the occult in television. This fella, have you ever heard of him? John Edwards, have you heard of him? Crossing over, he's a psychic medium who talks to the dead live on television. I've seen people, I've watched this show a little bit, not a lot because I don't like to expose myself to it, sitting in the audience and he says, Mary, he doesn't know her name. Yes, that's me. You have a mother who died four weeks. Yes, I do. And she starts to weep. I have a message for you. And Mary comes down the front and he grabs her hand. And he says, I'm hearing this from your mother. And he gives her a personal message that Mary knows must come from her long, dead, lost mother. <coughs> Mary's weeping. And then, of course, we... We, we, I was interested to see that he's just authored a new book called Practical Praying. Can you believe that? Practical Praying. And then, of course, uh, we have the occult um, in, in programs like Charmed. I talked to you earlier about Stargate. This is the one that scares me a bit. The occult and witchcraft in our children's world. And, and my brother, you know, God bless him, bought this... DVD for my kids for Christmas called Brother Bear, which was a great movie, you know, about a bear and fine. So we put it on and kids begin to watch. In fact, the kids watched a couple of times before I got a hold of it. And I'm watching it and, and here's this concept of a boy whose totem, whose spirit guide is a bear. And this boy turns into a bear on a Walt Disney, now you might not think, what's the problem? Problem is these are occultic, ancient witchcraft concept and ideas that are being sold to our children. Then there's the beautiful Pocahontas. Pocahontas, the Indian girl, who was actually in truth one of the first girls, native girls, indigenous girls in America to accept Jesus Christ. 
And yet Walt Disney tells us that here's a girl who goes out and speaks to a tree. The problem is the tree is the spirit of somebody who gives her guidance and wisdom. Again, these ancient occultic witchcraft concepts and ideas being sold in good stories, and they are good to watch, to our children. And then we have the occult in our world, our modern world. New idea, Lance talked about that. I'm not picking on new idea. New idea, Woman's Weekly, Woman's Day. I don't care what it is. I was at the doctors the other day. I've been quite sick. Again, I opened up. I think it was a new idea. These magazines now, from cover to cover, are full of the occult, soothsayers, people telling you the future, clairvoyance. It just goes, it just goes on and on and on. Pages full of it. Satur- there is an assault on people's mind, whether they be children or adults, an assault by witchcraft and the occult, like the history of the world has never seen. And you could go on about the Eastern philosophies that are exploding here in Australia, Hinduism, Shintoism, and, 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 and some of these, these other New Age religions that are, that are gaining popularity. They're, they're gaining acceptance and support right across our culture. It's everywhere. In fact, it seemed to me, look at this picture, like a tidal wave of occultic practice and behaviour is swamping our civilization. This is not a topic I like doing. It's not a topic I like getting my teeth into because I feel an aversion to it. But I fear. I fear first for my own two little girls who are exposed to this. I fear for my church here at Warunga that is also being swamped by it. I fear for the Seventh-day Adventist Church and more than that, I fear for the people of Sydney, Australia, the people of this world because there is an assault on their minds by the devil who wants their hearts and wants to come into their lives like we have never seen. And why I fear is because it's successful to the point now where witchcraft and the occult is accepted as normal. And to take any other stand, you'll be seen as a fanatic, as a narrow-minded bigot. And I think I've got reason to fear. I want to share with you for a few moments what the Bible and what God has to say about witchcraft and the occult. I can't do any more than this. If, If you're not prepared to accept what the Bible and God says then I have nothing more to offer. But if you are, then it can make a difference in your life. Look at this. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 31. This is God speaking. He says, Give no regard to mediums and familiar spirits, demonic spirits, that is. Do not seek after them to be defiled by them. He says, I am the Lord your God. He says, If you've got God, if I'm in your heart, then he says, do not give these, these mediums, that's witches, do not give these wizards, do not give these soothsayers, these clairvoyants, do not give them the time of day because I, God says, I am the Lord your God. I have two daughters, one's seven, one's four. 
I have purposefully made a decision in my life, in, in their lives and in my life, not to even find out what their star signs are. I cannot tell you, dare I say, when they're born, one's born in December, one's born in May. I can't tell you what their star signs are because I listen to this text and I've said to God, I don't want to know anything about their star signs or the occult and how it's trying to influence me with them. don't even know their star signs. Unfortunately, I know my own. I wish I didn't. But the Bible says and God says, give no regard to these witches and wizards and soothsayers. Leviticus chapter 20 verse 6 says, and the person who turns, this is God speaking, and the person who turns after mediums and familiar spirits to prostitute, what a strong word, himself of them, I will set my face against that person and cut him off from my people. That's a serious thing to me. You know what? If you don't want to follow God, fair enough. I can, I can live with that and I guess God can. But whatever you do, never turn your face to a medium or a witch or a wizard. God says if you do that, he's going to turn his face against you. And I don't want God to ever turn his face against me. I want to remind you, well, well, one more text. Look at this. Talking about eternity. Talking about those who won't be in heaven. Talking about those who are going to experience the second death, eternal death. Bible says, but the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. God takes this so seriously that he says, hey, you get involved with this stuff, it's going to kill you for eternity. It's dangerous, dangerous stuff. I want to remind you something as we come to a close of what we looked at last week. The living know that they will die, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 9 verse 5, but the dead know what? Well, they know? They know nothing. A Bible study not so long ago, I intimated this last week. She said, I'm in my bed at night. And she says, my long, and it was long, dead mother is coming to visit me. Now, if you don't believe as the Bible says that when you die, you know nothing, then why could that not be her long lost dead mother? I say this, in, in, in not a judgmental way at all, but the entire Christian world, especially the Protestant world, and it, it baffles me why, when the Bible says what it does on death, the entire Protestant world is teaching and believing that when you die, you go to heaven. Now, if you die and go to heaven, then why can't this lady's mother come back and visit her? Is there any reason? If God says she can, she can. But the Bible says the dead know nothing. And as I sat in this woman's lounge room, she's telling me in an animated way how exciting it is. 
She was sharing a spiritual truth with me that, that, that was causing her great joy. She says, Jesus is sending my mother to speak to me. And she said, it's the most amazing experience. She looks so beautiful. All the wrinkles have gone out of her face. She's so young and she's so happy. And we talk about my childhood, things that only the mother and the daughter knew. And she said, we're having wonderful times. I said, how many times is she visiting you? She said, two, three, sometimes four times a week. It was a deception. And it was very painful for me to open my Bible and even more painful for her to see that who had been visiting her was not her long lost dead mother that she loved so much, but an evil demonic spirit. She was being attacked by Satan. She was falling into a web of deceit that the entire world is falling into through one manner or another. And that is a concept that after you die, you continue to live. You look at all these afterlife programs on television today. They're all saying, when you die, you continue to live. God said, if you were here last week, you'll know in Genesis that when you sin, you die. The world is saying, you can sin, you never die. And what is happening is the whole world is full. There is a demonic, there is a demonic plague on. People are falling into this trap of the occult. They're falling into this trap of witchcraft. They're being deceived and their lives are being lost. And it was very, I can tell you, very painful for this woman to come to grips with the fact that the person who was visiting her each night was not her mother, but a demon. And I had to say to her, listen, go to sleep with your Bible next to you. And when your mother comes next time, you say to her, in the name of Jesus, if you are not of God, be gone. And she told me how this being came to visit her. And she grabbed hold of her Bible and in a shaking voice she said, In the name of Jesus, if you are not of God, be gone. And when you invoke the name of Jesus, the most powerful name in heaven and earth, if you've got a demon plaguing you, I'm going to tell you this afternoon, the demon's got to go. And the demon let forth a shriek. And changed in substance to some heinous creature and vanished from the room. And because that woman made a decision to follow Jesus, has never come back. But we are seeing, and I am seeing as a pastor, an increase of people out there in our society who are being plagued by this sort of thing. And it's all a part of this great deception that the world is facing. God says, and I want to finish with this text. Can you pull it on? It's not working. To the next one, please. In Isaiah chapter 8, verse 20. God says, and when they say to you and seek those who are mediums and wizards, who whisper and mutter, should not a people Seek their God. He says, when people tell you to go and seek witches and wizards and spells and advice from these servants of Satan, he says, don't do it. Seek God. 
And I want to close by saying that I have been walking with Jesus Christ for 18 years now. I think that's a long time. It's been a good time. There are times when I let Jesus down, but I can't tell you how pleasant it is to spend time with Jesus morning and night in Bible study and prayer. And I can't tell you how beautiful, I wish I could use the words in English that would properly describe how beautiful it is to be in contact with Jesus and to have him guiding and directing my life. A God who wants the best for me, who leads me in the paths that will bring me the most happiness in this cruel world. It's a beautiful thing. I don't want to go to the dark side. I don't want to get guidance in my life from a demon or from somebody who's in contact with the other side with dark angels. They want to see my destruction. And they want to see me die the second death, which is eternal death. I've got them on that side calling me, but I've also got Jesus calling me. And it is a glorious thing to be in contact with Jesus, to have him speaking to you. It's a beautiful thing. And Jesus says, why would you go to the dark side when you have me? And I want to encourage you when you've got television on and Harry Potter comes on, turn it off. When you're at the library and you see a book that looks like it's going to be a good book, a rock, rollicking adventurer, and then you start to open those pages and you see it's full of witches and wizards and put it back. Counsel your subscription to Women's Day and Women's Weekly if they're going to advance that cause of, of advice and worship in their covers. Let God direct your life. Seek him and see where he will take you. This afternoon, I recommend to you Jesus Christ. He never did me any harm, only good. And I know what he's done for me, he can do for you and more. Let's bow our heads. Father, God, Jesus, we live in a world which is being swamped by darkness, which is being swamped by the occult and witchcraft and demonic things. Lord, is everywhere we look, it is difficult for us and our children to escape from it. I would pray this afternoon, God, that you would give us wisdom to see it. And I would pray, Lord, that you will give us courage to be able to deal with it as you advise, to forsake it from our lives and to seek only ever after you. Bless these people here that have chosen to come out this afternoon. And if any of them, Lord, are suffering from oppression from the evil one, being visited by demons, or if they find themselves caught, Lord, in the occult or witchcraft, I want to pray that you will touch their hearts. Let them know only as you can that there is a way out, that you are stronger, that you are more powerful than Satan, that you are purer, and that you will lead them on the right road. So thank you, Lord, for being with us this afternoon. Keep us now, I pray, in your name, Jesus. Amen. Next week's title is Revelations Rapture. It's a good one. And I want to invite you back next week, 4 o'clock, 
And uh, I know you'll be blessed. Thank you for coming. Good night. Have a good Saturday.